and welcome to Growing Pains, the marketing podcast for parent and baby brands who want to grow and get more consistent sales, but without the overwhelm of feeling like you have to be online 24-7. I'm Sophie, your host and a Facebook and Instagram ad strategist who specializes in parent and baby brands, as well as a mum of two girls. Join me each week as I, alongside some wonderful guests, share practical tips and advice about how you can use and combine marketing strategies to get more impact for your effort. A quick warning before we start, I can get a little bit sweary, so just be careful of any little ears listening along. So today I'm thrilled to be here with Catherine from Resilient Retail Club. Catherine is a small business retail expert, a Forbes.com contributor on the subject of starting and scaling a product business, a judge of the Good Retail Awards on the editorial board of Modern Retail, features as an expert commenter in national newspapers and radio, and is a frequent writer and speaker on the retail industry at various trade shows and industry-led events across the country. She is the definition of an expert on retail and I'm absolutely thrilled to have her here with me today to talk all about growing your sales in 2022. So Catherine, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled you're here. That is the official intro but let's talk a little bit more about you before we get stuck in. So what's your like work, family, life setup and everything? Yeah, well, I am very fortunate to work from home. I live in southeast London with my husband, my 14-year-old, my 11-year-old, and my crazy cat. Oh, lovely. (laughs) I started my own business in 2018 because I had done a decade as a full-time working mother. Mm. So after my children were born, I had my maternity leave, but then I went back and I worked full-time, full thing, you know, dropping them off at the breakfast club before the breakfast club uh, running to the train station commuting into London coming running back to pick them up from the after school pickup the whole thing did that for 10 years and I think that is like you lasted a lot longer than a lot of people I think (laughs) it gives me palpitations just thinking about like that rushing back like am I gonna make it am I gonna get charged for the extra 10 minutes am I gonna be late getting the late fees and then you're the last one to pick me up and yeah and the the time that I went to the school to pick to pick my daughter I had a day off and I picked my daughter up from this class and the teacher said to me who are you who are you here to pick up and I said oh bless my own child <laughs> my own child yes I'm the mother I just don't make it very often <laughs> so I did all of that and I think just ultimately we got to a point where it was just exhausting my husband also works full-time works in the city long commute the same thing so it was sort of a bit like that moment where the I'm sure everyone knows it you know like the child's sick in the morning and you just look at yeah. each other and you're both like well, I've got this, 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 this today, and I've got this, 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 this. So, which one of us is going to blink first? Type thing. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was to be honest a big driver behind it, but behind starting yeah. my business. So now I work from home. I tend to try and really dial it back in school holidays. Mm-hmm. I tend yeah. to really try and have that time. Yeah. You know, so I'm wrapped up by in time to make a nice family dinner and. Yeah, and be there when the kids come home. And they're older now as well, so they're so they're both secondary school. So oh, wow, I no yeah. longer have to do that 
school drop-off, which is quite oh my gosh. crazy. <laughs> yeah, oh, I've still got a lot of years left yet. Mine are only five and 18 months. So. <laughs> I'm just at the beginning of that journey. But even so, I'd say, even though that they're that much older, it's been very helpful, you know, with my daughter starting secondary school and yeah. my son, just to be around in the mornings, help them sort of stuff out. And there's always like some crisis, like the PE yeah, kind of thing. So yeah. it's definitely really beneficial for me to then to be able to 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 basically make the business work for me or make the hours work for me yeah absolutely I think it's so relatable I think that's why so many of my audience kind of go into it just because you've just got to fit it around the kids yeah brilliant okay so now we're getting up to the really important stuff the quick fire round so we can get to know you and what you like really quickly so we'll start with tea or coffee oh I do like both I'm gonna go with coffee though because I pretty much have coffee every day and tea most days but okay it's always coffee yeah coffee is like the non-negotiable <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're starting with um dogs or cats oh that's a hard one I mean I've always had cats last our cat that we got just after we got married sadly left us a couple of weeks oh. ago at the age of 20 though oh I mean, my goodness. To 20, which is crazy and now we have the crazy one-year-old cat so I've always had cats I do love cats but I do love dogs as well so I, I I'm gonna go with cats but both really I'm, you know, we've got two cats and, but I've always said like, but I am a dog person. <laughs> like we go like cats are just a little bit less high maintenance, aren't they? Like yeah. at the time of our lives, we were like, yeah, we don't want to not be able to like go away. We got them before the kids. Like, so yeah, I've got cats, but I'm a dog person. Bagels or crumpets? Oh, oh gosh. You didn't tell me how hard these were going to be. I know. <laughs> these are the hard hitting questions. <laughs> Uh, I think bagels and specifically my husband's American and oh. when we go and see my sister-in-law in, in New York, New York bagel. Oh my God. I, everything yeah. bagel, toasted uh, with smoked salmon, just heavenly. And I have actually made bagels. I've, I've made <gasps> them quite a few times actually. Really? Quite, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite an undertaking, but yeah, it's, I quite, can it's quite fun yeah. to boil them and bake them. I've never made oh, crumpets. Wow. I have thought about it though. It just seems a bit... I don't know. Yeah. Not quite not quite sure how that would turn out. And they are pretty good straight from the packet as well, aren't they? So, <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> um beach or pool? Probably pool, to be honest. Yeah, me too. Not not a huge fan of sand and the sea makes me nervous. <laughs> yeah, I, I am so with you. I like like a walk along a beach. Yeah. Like, you know, like yes. a sort of sunsetty, yeah. like nice walk along a beach. Yeah. And I like and I really like the pool. And yeah. I do not like the sea, especially if you can't see the bottom or touch the bottom. No, totally and if freaks there are big waves as well. Yeah. No. And with small kids, I just feel like when we went to the beach with yeah. the small kids, I basically just spent my whole time being like, don't drown, don't drown. Don't like, drown, don't drown. Hold, don't eat the sand. Tight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hold on really tight to them. Just like yeah. don't get sucked away by exactly. waves. Exactly. Yeah. Like whisked away. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, summer or winter? Oh, I'm going to say summer because I like the lighter evenings and the lighter mm. mornings. I don't really like getting up in the dark fundamentally yeah. but I don't really like really hot weather none of me and my family were all just not really built for heat so I don't like it you know there's always that week in August where it's Ugh. ridiculously hot that I'm yeah. not such a fan of but I'd say in general summer I do like it when you can go out and you don't have your coat yeah me too I actually in 2020 gave birth in that week of insane oh, heat no. 36 degrees just casually giving birth oh my god it was horrific I was saying I've said weirdly when this comes this question comes up I've said this a few times now that I 
I do have an ideal temperature and it's about 23, 24. Mm, like that's yeah. where my vibe is. Like yeah. once it tips over 24, I'm a bit like, oh no, I'm yeah. I'm not interested. But then yeah. if it's like, I don't like it to be too cold either. So. No, I'm the same way. I really like, my favorite weather is really bright sunshine, but not actually hot. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, even like today's actually a pretty yeah. epic day here. Yeah, 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 it's like I agree. 12 degrees, <laughs> like clear blue skies, like brisk, but not like freezing. Yeah. Yeah. Today's, I'm living my best life today. <laughs> Colour or monochrome? Colour. Yeah, me too. All the way. Early morning or late night? Probably early morning, to be fair. Mm. Yeah, I quite yeah. like, I'm not a super early riser, but I do, if I've got something to do, I like to get it done in the morning. I like to just get up and get on with things. And I don't really, I'm not a huge night owl. Yeah. And I'm not usually, I'm not definitely not like the last person standing. I'm usually the person who goes like, oh, when, when's it time for bed? Oh my God, that's me too. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I mean, guys, it's half past 11. Like, <laughs> should, we, uh, should we start thinking about heading off? Because we don't really want to be in bed after 12. <laughs> You know, New Year's sometimes yeah. a bit of a push for me. Yeah, me honest. too. Yeah, it's like it's about like 20 past 11. You're like, oh my God, really? 40 minutes. Oh, brilliant. Okay, so that's the important stuff out of the way. Now we're going to talk all things growing sales in 2022. And I think we've had a little bit of chat beforehand and there's so many different things playing into this year, isn't there? Like there's a lot of change and there's been a lot been going on the last few years as well that businesses have had to adapt to. And it's like, oh my gosh, are we having to adapt again? Yes. Yes. Oh gosh. So I think we're going to talk through five things, aren't we, that you kind of talking about at the moment that the businesses really need to consider and think through and as we're coming into quarter two, start making a plan for the rest of the year. Yes. And I think that uh, absolutely it's, it's really hard. I mean, I feel like I've been talking about this every year since 2020. I say, yeah. well, this has been a really hard year. And then, yeah. and then the next year I'm like, well, this is a really hard year. And 2020, I think psychologically was incredibly hard for a lot of people for lots yeah. of different reasons from the business having to pivot moving purely online for a big chunk of the year yeah. to all of the concerns people had about their loved ones about what on earth is happening in the world and then 20 but actually for a lot especially online product businesses I'd say a lot of them yeah. actually had phenomenal growth and phenomenal success and There's then so many people online buying weren't there like yeah. stuff and it was I mean I swear I went through a period of having like at least one delivery every day of like <laughs> my husband's like oh is that your delivery is it I'm like yes today I've ordered this like and it was just like throw money at the problem like right what can we do to entertain the yeah. children what can oh, we do yes. to do yes. up the house right I'm gonna do a project I'm gonna all I'm gonna redo the lounge and like yes. want all new stuff and I'm gonna learn to macrame exactly you know? yeah, absolutely yeah. yeah it was literally just like how can we bring stuff to us if we can't yes. get out? Yes, and totally. That was the reframe, wasn't it? Yeah, totally. And there were just really distinct patterns of why people were buying and people were buying to, what, what did I say at the time? It was like protect, connect, distract. So mm. pr protecting yourself and your way of life and connecting with other people and distracting yourself, basically. Those were the three big drivers. And then 2021 came and that was just like, what what happened that year? I mean, 2021 yeah. was so up and down. So it started fairly strong for a lot of people because we were back in lockdown. Yeah. And then it was like when the shops reopened, then, then it, there was a real shift. Not just the shops reopening, but also things like hospitality reopening. Yeah. So all of that portion, that budget pot, if you like, 
was being reapportioned again. So instead of just having money available for purchases, then it was like, well, actually, yes, but now I can see my friends and that's going to cost money. And maybe I could go to the cinema, you know, you this kind of thing. So that was really challenging. And then we've kind of arrived in 2022 after, and every time as well, that businesses had to pivot and take account into these shifts. It takes a huge amount of energy. So really rethinking your business and re-engaging with it is it's like the first time maybe you're like, okay, yes, I could do this. And then I think I just saw in 2021, I feel like I just saw a lot of people just got really, really tired and just really tired as well of, of, of balancing everything and the impact of having to have, have homeschooled or oh just gosh. not having yeah. had the support network that they were used to. And it, so much, I think, just caught up with people in 2021. And then we start 2022 and we think, okay, new year, new start cost of living crisis, war in Ukraine. I mean, it's just been, again, like from a, for a lot of business owners, again, it's just yet another year where you have to sort of go, right, what's on the plate this year? Okay, let's change my business. <laughs> like it's the business planning, isn't it? Like yes. this is what I'm going to do. I'm ramping up and this is, and I think for a lot of businesses I work from with as well it's like okay well this is what happened this time last year and yeah it's you know it's inevitable isn't it and it's like actually for the last what three years the figures have looked totally different totally every different. year and yeah. it's really hard to then plan isn't it and yeah with any kind of certainty yes and the seasonal distribution has been completely different as well so one of the things that I tend to do when I do my talks is I quite often will show graphs of things like the different sales pattern by month mm. from across the retail industry and and basically prior to 2020 it was very consistent you would see the sales pattern throughout the year then you have the peak at christmas and it would just be very uniform year on year yeah. on year and then 2020 and 2021 oh it's just like looks a bit like someone dropped spaghetti on it you know it's all <laughs> very much like oh well, that month was down that was up and yeah 2020 Christmas came super early and 2021 it came super late and and it is really hard to get those 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 comparisons against the year it's almost like we have to we have to plan very lightly in a way you have to create a framework and this is what we think could happen but you have to be really prepared that it very may very well may not happen because the one thing we've learned in the last couple of years is that things really are quite unpredictable really on a, on a quite a large scale <laughs> yeah yes right. exactly absolutely so you know we touched on it then really you know prices are going up you know yes. cost of living is rising obviously the war in ukraine is not helping that it's kind of the petrol oh my gosh like it's in, it's insane how that's like skyrocketed the last couple yes. of weeks but obviously that's an impact for your customers but also on businesses as well yes Yes, and I think that would be my first point about growing in 2022. I would say that you have to engage with the pricing element of your business, whether you're a service business or a product business, you have to engage with it because it's coming at you from several different ways. The first thing is, is that the cost of you doing businesses will be going up, whether that's from your utilities. So for example, you know, heating, electricity, in my own personal life, I was my energy provider went bust before Christmas moved over to a new one spent a long time chasing them to try and understand what my new direct debit would be then of course the double whammy of the removal of the cap on fuel prices turns out my new payment is double what my old payment was 
So that is, you know, that's just one isolated incident on one bill, really. But it that's so that's happening to lots of people who run businesses as well, especially if you've got a premises. I mean, in my membership group, for example, a lot of people who have probably about 10 or 15 percent of my members have physical premises and just the chat about how much their heating bills are going up and everything like yeah, that. I can imagine. So the key thing really there is to actually engage with it. And if you've not checked your prices, checked your costs, rather, I should say, in the last three months, it's well worth having another look or having a look now. Taking out those invoices, looking at those emails when they send them to you and say, your prices are increasing. You think, can't deal with that now. I'm going to file it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. But actually pulling it out, looking at it, really grappling with what that means, because you may well have to look at reviewing your prices. And one of the things that I do for Forbes each year around sort of December time, I put together a piece about what's coming up in the next year, which is one of my favorite pieces to work on for the year because I contact lots of experts and industry Mm. bodies and I ask them like, what do you think is going to happen next year? And the British Retail Consortium, one of the things that they said was, you need to have a plan about price increases. It wasn't like a, you might have to put your prices up. It was, Mm. you need to plan how you're going to tackle this. So if you've not increased your prices in, in in the last three months or you've not even reviewed your pricing, then have a look at what your competitors are doing because you may find that the market has already shifted and people have already put prices up around you and you may actually even now be slightly lower priced than other people if you've not increased yours. Yeah. So it's worth just taking that into account, making that decision and then deciding how you're going to communicate it to your customer. Some people are being super transparent and saying this is what we're doing, this is the price increases some people prefer to just put it up without a fanfare I don't know I think it depends on your your customer I think you have to make that decision but I think that it's knowledge is power really I think you really have to understand what's happening to your own business run the numbers and then just start thinking about ways of mitigating that whether that's increasing your prices whether that's about you have to swap out elements of the you know it's usually my advice is like can you find it cheaper from somewhere else but at the moment you know everyone's prices are going up so you kind of have to balance that out but I think that the the key thing that is is part of 2022 is you have to you you are going to have to almost before you make other plans you have to address this elephant in the room if you haven't addressed it already yeah, absolutely. And there's something that's coming up quite a lot for my clients at the moment um, is the shipping costs as well. Yes. So really reviewing, like, although it's cheaper to get it made abroad, the, you know, the lack of consistency or, you know, the ability to be able to confidently know when your product's coming in, yes. the the fact that the prices could go up at any minute. I mean, my husband also works in shipping, so I feel like I'm like, oh my God. I mean, it's in he works for a big corporate and even they are getting like gazumped at the last minute they're like their prices they've got incredible contracts and they're getting massive hikes and I think you know is it cheaper to then move it somewhere where you can get access to it better or you don't have to do long shipping I don't know I'm not if you're seeing that as well but oh yeah totally I mean the the cost of a shipping container is just absolutely just skyrocketed and I and I think it's I mean not to go off too far on a tangent, mm. but I do think it's kind of re it's calling into question and reevaluating the whole entire sort of global economy of making it overseas in large volumes and shipping it at low price. You know, those, those just those economies of, of scale, just 
the balance is just tipping back into the more like you know made in the uk local production that kind of thing because you're right the shipping costs are astronomical i've always thought i feel i've always felt you know <laughs> it's my 22nd year in the retail industry i've dealt with a lot of shipping companies over the years i feel like they always somehow managed to come out on top there it's like yeah like, uh, i don't know why they always seem to get the like uh, i don't know what it is they just always hold all the power those shipping companies but yeah anyway. <laughs> absolutely but i mean all of that being said, customers are still buying, aren't yes. they? Like, yes. So yes, the money might be tighter and they might be considering their purchases more, but yes. it's not like the whole economy is ground to a halt. Absolutely. And I think that that's the, that's the key thing. That was my second point, really, was just about customers are still buying and people still having babies. Absolutely. <laughs> Children <laughs> still need, you know, new clothes. Yes. And, yeah. Children need new clothes. People having birthdays. So don't, it can be very difficult and quite easy to get stuck in what I call the cycle of doom, which is sales drop, so you lose confidence, so you take less action, so sales drop and round and round you go. So it can feel like, okay, well, just like pack it all in then because yeah, <laughs> prices going up, this is it. it's just too much. You know, people are concerned about price and cost of living, but just I think whenever people's overall spending, consumer spending is very much linked to consumer confidence. Consumer confidence is really linked to uh, the degree of certainty that there is in the world. Anytime there is uncertainty, it's bad for sales, basically. Mm. So, of course, we have a lot of uncertainty. So that does not help things. At the same time, though, people do still have real clear purchase, purchase triggers. And I think what we're all called to do as business owners at times like this is to just get even clearer on what those purchase triggers are from our customers, what our customer actually wants, and how we can offer them something, a product or a service that is absolutely perfectly tailored to their need. And the more that we dial into that, then the better we'll be, we'll, we'll be set up for, you know, for times like this. Because people do still buy, they still have emotional reactions to things that they just really want and they really love. And they still have reasons for it. So where you might see a slight decrease in maybe sort of impulse purchases and that kind of thing, you'll still see the purchases for the for the occasions for the birthdays for the christenings for the for the, for Christmas, for Mother's Day, for Father's yeah. Day. And I think that in a way, almost gifting becomes even more important for us to think about as business owners, because that is really what is going to persuade people to buy. And I always say that at any time, when it, when you think about your customer, it's like imagine their money is they're holding their money in their hand quite tightly. And your job is to talk to them and persuade them to open their hand and give them your give the give you their money. But at times like this, it's like their hand is clenched like extra tight <laughs> because of the uncertainty, because of everything else that they're thinking about, because they're thinking about their bills and their mortgages and their fuel and all the rest of it. And so what can you do to really talk to them about what you can offer them, what you've got that will make them unclench their fist and hand it over? They will still do it. People are still spending. People are still buying but it's just a question of you. I, I think we're just all called on to be better, which is yeah. it's not easy when you're tired after a couple of years of really grueling time. Yeah. But it's what we have to do. And it's almost like I feel like sometimes it's like, you know, getting in physical shape for a race or something like that. If you can get through this, if you can work out how to really dial into what your customer wants at a time like this, 
you're going to be so fit for when things maybe are a little bit easier and maybe feel like things are easing off a bit more. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I think as well, we're talking about lots of practical things today that you need to like look at and dial into, but mindset is quite big as well, isn't it? And like how you approach these sort of times. Yes, for sure. And, and I think that there's, there's two different ways that people approach these at any time that there's uncertainty because there have been crises before there have been even during the the years that I've been working in the retail industry I've seen different crises from the 2008 financial collapse for example that had a very similar feel in terms of people just had no idea what was happening and I was working for a men's suiting company at a time when half of the financial industry was being oh made redundant. Yeah, so, yeah, we really saw like pulling on the brakes of a yeah. lot of things. Yeah, but I think there's always two types of response that you can have, and one of them is like that freeze and fear. Mm. So just thinking, oh my goodness, right, that's it. This is or like in a way, like this is it. This is another blow. I just can't take this anymore. And then there's the people who get curious. Okay, what does this actually mean? Are there any opportunities here? And it may sound impossible to say, oh, there'll be opportunities in, in a year like this, but who, which, which people do you think really thought there would be opportunities in a pandemic, you know, that, that some businesses would flourish in a way that they just couldn't expect? So I think being open-minded is really important at this point as well. And, and just trialing things, trying, trying different, or, you know, from an ads perspective, trying different creative, trying different yeah. messaging, trying different products, putting different things in front of your customer, offering them up stuff. And if that doesn't work, then trying something else. But I think there's two real ways of looking at it. There are the people who find it very, very hard because they feel like it's a personal rejection if their sales drop totally get that because a lot of us for a lot of us we're very meshed with our businesses we're like we are our business but actually there's another way of looking at it which is a more objective scientific way which goes okay let's say I just put out let's just put to one side the idea that it's all my fault (laughs) yeah I love that let's just put that to one side just for a second yeah Yeah. put that over here right for right now I'm not saying you know I might not revisit it later absolutely yeah but let's say I just said it wasn't my fault let's look at this from an objective point of view what can we try what can we do what can we just almost like sometimes when everything's not working you have to just start throwing other things at the wall and see what sticks so having that real I think there's a real marked difference in my mind and how I see people's businesses developed between the type of person who just who retracts, who kind of goes inwards, who says, right, well, I must have messed this up or other people are doing way better than me and I'm just doing terribly. And the people that go, OK, that's interesting. That didn't work. What can I try now? And I think that a time like this, that that curiosity and that objectivity is more important than ever. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think something we were talking about before as well is like leaning into your customers that you already have and what are they looking for and what are they buying and how can you kind of build those relationships as well. I talk about it a lot in terms of ads, like the bigger your pool of warm audience, the cheaper your ads and the easier it is to kind of sell to people that already know you. And I think that's something that you talk about quite a lot as well, isn't it? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think that it's the fact that one of the things that small business owners, I'm hugely generalizing here, but Mm -hmm. one of the things that I'd say small business owners are very guilty of, always looking to get more people, right, bigger audience, I need to grow my 
grow my presence sometimes I even say to people like people will be like I need to grow my presence and I'll be like what does that mean yeah <laughs> talk to me a bit more about that <laughs> yeah it's not about vanity metrics it's not about number of followers it's about engagement it's about yeah. community and I think that that's almost like the new brand loyalty is feeling this sense of community feeling a sense of fandom in fact in a way like you don't need to have that many people who are crazy about what you do to have a successful business. You, you, we can think about, oh, I need to have 100,000 followers. Do you or do you need to have even 100 people who just are absolutely crazy about what you do? And there's a great essay, and I can't remember who wrote it. It's called A Thousand True Fans. And I definitely were definitely worth reading that. But basically, sort of the, the idea behind that is that imagine if there were a thousand people who would buy anything that you if you put something out for sale that people would set their reminders and go and buy it like for most businesses that would be enough to move them from a small business to a medium-sized business so we think about this like more 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 but actually don't forget about your customers that you've already got and nobody's more likely to buy from you than someone who's already bought from you so if you're going to look at where it makes sense to be putting your time and effort and energy putting it into your warm customers your repeat customers building relationships with them nurturing them looking at how can you make them super fans then that's actually especially at times like this that's that's what people need because people do still if anything more than ever people need community they need that sense of belonging they want to feel like they're shopping from a business that shares their values and beliefs and all of that is just so so important and helpful when it comes to to growing your sales and in a year like this Absolutely. And I think, you know, this does for my audience who generally sell to parents, you know, either for themselves or for their children, a lot of them are parents themselves. And I think we naturally like do have that affinity with like other mums who've created something either because they saw a gap in the market or because they're really passionate about it or they want to kind of add something positive. Like that's a really good, now's a really good time to like lean into that, isn't it? And like, like surround yourself with people that are kind of on the same kind of journey as you are yes the same things yeah for sure and also just the fact that you do have a huge amount of affinity with your customer a lot of people start businesses because they want to create products and services for people like themselves or people yeah. who are experiencing the same issues they're experiencing and that's such a powerful driver to why people start businesses and I think of I will say to people sometimes you know you need to focus on your customer and they'll say well how am I supposed to know what my customer's thinking and I'll say well what are you thinking yeah <sighs> and you're probably thinking oh my god have you seen the price of petrol <laughs> yeah well you <know>? exactly yeah <laughs> Absolutely. So it's not that big of a leap for us to think about what our customers are thinking about. Yeah, no. And we've touched on it a little bit in terms of like pricing and costs and, you know, a thousand fans, but knowing your numbers and kind of like how many, I talk about this quite a lot with ads, like how many people do you need to get on your website every day? And, you know, what's your conversion rate? And it's so important, isn't it, not to just kind of bury your head in the sand yes definitely for sure and uh, one of the things that I've been doing one of my big projects for this year is I'm writing a book which is very exciting oh that is exciting it is I'm halfway through the first draft which will oh no gosh. doubt need a huge amount of editing but the fact I'm halfway through a draft 25,000 words in is very exciting Oof. and one of the things that I talk about in the book is this idea about is do you feel a bit like your business is a tiger you know it feels a bit unpredictable you're not really sure what you got yourself in for you feel a bit nervous 
sometimes you kind of see it eyeing you hungrily and you're like mm, okay what's going on here yeah don't look uh, it straight in the eyes and I think that that really the, the what happens is often with our businesses if, if you are feeling overwhelmed which let's face who who isn't feeling overwhelmed yeah. at the moment really to be honest then it can be easy to think, right, well, I just won't look at these things. But actually, the, the way to sort of tame your tiger is to to know what's going on, is to understand exactly that, like how many people are on my website? Where are they coming from? What are they looking at? What are they purchasing? What's a high converting item for me? What isn't converting? What are my best sellers? What are my customers telling me that they want and they want more of? And what are they telling me they want less of? What are you, what are my best performing social media posts? Even what what did I think? What do I think realistically? I might take this month. And people get people often confuse planning with the. They say, "Well, I can't plan because I don't know what's going to happen." The purpose of a plan is not to be right. It's not to say at the end of the month you're like tick. I said I was correct. I said I was going to sell. 125 pounds and I did or whatever number it is it's about having a framework that you can then assess am I ahead or behind where I thought I was going to be what are some things that I can try to get back on track and also to be able to celebrate successes so when things do go well and you do hit your numbers that you can actually celebrate because if your plan is just simply sell as much as I can how do you know if you've ever achieved that and Small business owners are also, again, huge generalization, not terribly good at patting themselves on the back. So so the more that we can do that, then the the more helpful it is. But then also just the more in general we feel in control, we feel clear, we just feel able to kind of ride the ups and downs when we understand what's going on in our business, we understand the numbers and we feel confident about it. We don't feel like it's just totally unpredictable. If we really tune into those numbers... I think we can learn a lot more than we think we can. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I I am a big advocate for knowing your numbers, but I also know that it can be scary. So I think, I mean, I know that you've got a membership, haven't you? And I think it's that kind of getting support as well, isn't it? And yes. like having someone to guide you, like you're just reeling off all of those things that you can look at actually having someone to guide you I think can be invaluable can't it yeah for sure and we do that once a month in the membership we have a planning session where we get together on a zoom call and we go through a, a template and everyone's looking at their own bits for their own business but I'm there and facilitating it and if people have got questions they can ask and I think sometimes even just knowing what to look at is really helpful yeah yeah absolutely because I think sometimes it's also uh, a bit of a, a danger you could almost get too into the numbers couldn't you and like start obsessing <laughs> about them or go like too and you've kind of got to zoom in but then come back out again haven't you and keep yeah. perspective and like keep moving forwards yes for sure absolutely brilliant well it's normally at this point that I just link back our topic today into Facebook ads so I will do that now we've covered so much great stuff and we've kind of you know talked a little bit about ads throughout the whole episode but just to kind of summarize it you know, costs are going up for people. You really need to look at your pricing of your own things, but also looking at those uh, margins. If you're running ads already and they're costing you, um, you know, a certain amount to acquire a new customer or to get a purchase, you need to have a look and see, is that still okay? Is that, does that still make it profitable for me? And if it doesn't, then go back to your numbers, have a look and see which products 
you know, do have that margin that I could use, which ones could I maybe bundle up together? So I've got a higher order value so that you could get a little bit more opportunity there. So really having a think about like the, the money side. Customers are still buying, ads are still working. Mm-hmm. Ads have had a bit of a bumpy ride the last year as well. But, you know, they do still work. And as I talk about quite a lot on here, warming up your audience, getting that foundation in, building your email list, making sure your social is engaging, that community side of it. So creating those warm people where when you do launch something you can run an ad to them you can send an email to them and you can launch on your social media and the three are all working together in synergy to get you those sales and convert people um to so that you actually start you know moving the the dial and kind of feeling that confidence and I think you know that curiosity of like ads are not always going to work and it can be scary when you put money on ads and they don't work but ads are not a finite thing they don't just stop and start you can test a new image you can tweak the copy you know what Catherine was talking about dialing into really what you know what problem are you solving like do you need to have a look at your language you know change that a little bit and see if that has an impact on your ads like stay curious and don't freeze up and just turn your ads off because they're not profitable and again and also get support where you need it (laughs) from someone like me um because I think you know it's sitting there looking at them on your own it can feel really scary and you don't necessarily know what to do to make them better and actually there's so much support out there that you can get to make sure that you're kind of getting the most from them so we have covered a lot today, loads of strategies, <laughs> loads to think about. I'm sure everyone's brains are ticking over. But as we all know, it's really easy to take in lots of information and then sort of feel a bit overwhelmed. So at the end of every episode, Catherine, I ask my guest, what's the one thing you would really uh, recommend people just do today just to get themselves started? I think the key thing is really check your numbers, check your costs. Yeah. If you haven't checked them in the last three months, I'd say definitely time to check them again. Same thing with the pricing, competitors' pricing. So getting your kind of pricing nailed and reviewed in in the current climate is the really the key thing. Yeah, fantastic. Lovely. Well, if you've loved listening to all of Catherine's tips and advice and you want to hear more, the best way to do that is on Instagram, which is at Resilient Retail Club. And if you want to delve into the topic that we've talked about today, so growing your sales in 2022, Catherine has a a free talk on her website, resilientretailclub.com forward slash grow 2022. And I will put that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much again, Catherine. That was absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for joining me. Before you go, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can receive new episodes right when they're released. And if you have enjoyed these podcast episodes, I'd really love to ask you to leave a review in Apple Podcasts. Reviews are one of the major ways that Apple ranks their podcasts and it only takes a few seconds but really does make a massive difference to new people finding me. Thank you again for joining me, Sophie, in this episode of Growing Pains. See you next time.